Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's Daf Masachis Kedushin is Daf Lamid. We're going to have four sections in today's Daf. The first is the extent and degree that a person has to teach his children Torah, as well as associated uh, Agadita Gemaras regarding teaching Torah, the importance, etc. The second, turning to Lamed Amad Beis, we're going to learn about Yetzir Hara and how to deal with it, particularly through the means of Torah study. The third section, towards the bottom of the page, we're going to wrap up the other chiyuv and responsibilities a father has towards his son. And in the final section, we'll discuss Kola Mitzvah's Ha'avala Ben, which refers to what a son and daughter, as we'll see, are responsible towards their father regarding Kibud, Yira, and we'll discuss that at length as well. So, as is Hashem, let's get started. We're holding about six, seven lines down the page on Lamed Omud Aleph. Until when does a person have the responsibility to teach his son Taira? Now, we're understanding the question now as the Gemara seems to answer to what degree would a person be responsible? How much Torah does he need to teach his son? So, Amrav Yudah Amr Shmuel, Kegoyin Zivulun Ben Dan, Shalim Do Avi Aviv Mikra Umishna Betalmud Alachas Ba'agadis. So, Yudah Amr Shmuel says, the example would be Zivulun Ben Dan, that his father taught, his grandfather taught him, Chumish Mishna Gemara Halachas and Agadis. So, he taught him all the parts of Torah. So the Gemara understands at this point that Rabbi Yudam Rashmul is saying the responsibility to teach Torah isn't limited to one portion of Torah, but it includes all of these, as the Gemara seems to say, Mikra, Mishnah, Talmud, Alachas, and Agadis. Mesevei, says the Gemara, but Lechorah, Brisa seems to teach otherwise. It says, Limdo Mikra, the father taught his son uh, Mikra, just Chomish, Ein Melam De Mishnah, he doesn't have to teach Mishnais. Amar Rava, Mikra Torah. And Rava says it's not even talking about Mikra as Tanakh, it just means Chomish. So says the Gemara, it's just Torah, not even Nevi'im and Ksufim. So you see, all of that isn't necessary to fulfill the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Even Chumash alone would be enough. So the Gemara explains what Rav Yudom meant to say was, Kizvulun ben Dan Kizvulun ben Dan. In one way, there is a mitzvah like Zvulun ben Dan, in another way it's not. Kizvulun ben Dan, regarding Zvulun ben Dan, we do learn the halacha of teaching Torah. Shalom do avi aviv, the grandfather taught him Torah. So there, that's what it means we learn from Zvulun ben Dan, that the grandfather is also responsible to teach his grandson Torah. The lok is Zvulun ben Dan, but it's also not like Zvulun ben Dan, de ilohasa mikra mishnah v'talmud alochas v'agados. That Zvulun ben Dan's grandfather taught him all of those areas of Torah. But that's not necessary because v'iluhacha mikra levad, the actual chiyuv of Talmud Torah would only be for the grandfather or the father to teach only Chumash. Says the Gemara, what you're telling me is a grandfather is responsible to teach his grandson Torah. Va'avi aviv michayev is a, mi michayev, is the grandfather really responsible? It's not just the father. Va'atanya, but the Brisa teaches, lamadatem ma'isam is b'nei chem. It says in the Pasuk, you should teach your children Torah. And the Gemara deduces, v'loi b'nei b'nei chem. Says the Brisa, you, 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 don't, you don't have a responsibility to teach your grandsons. How do I fulfill the verse that says you shall inform your, your sons and your grandsons? To teach you, that means if you teach your son Torah who you're responsible to teach, it equates it in the Pasuk as if you've taught him, his, his sons, and his sons until all future generations. Meaning, it's as if you've created this continuum in all future generations of children and grandchildren who are learning Torah. But you don't have a responsibility to teach your grandson Torah. 
So the Gemara answers in a chinami, but it's a machlekes tanoim. Who the Amar Kiyai Tana Shmuel holds like the following Tana. The Tanya is the Brisa that teaches Lamaritem Hashem is Benechem. The Torah says you shall teach your sons. Ainly Ella Benechem. I'd only know you're responsible to teach your own sons. Benei Benechem Inayin. How do we know you're responsible to teach your grandsons too? Talmud Leimer Vaidatim Levanecha Levnei Vanecha. It implies from the pasuk you also have to teach your grandchildren. So then, why does the first pasuk imply your sons only? Answers the Gemara, Benechem Sechem. That's just to teach us. You don't have to teach your daughters, but your grandchildren. This the Tana of this Brisa says you do have to teach, and uh, Shmuel would hold like this Tana, and that's from Zvulun Ben Dun. We derive like this Tana that you are responsible to teach your grandchildren, but it's Machlaikis Tanaim. Ultimately, if there's such a mitzvah to teach your grandsons Torah as well. Amar Yeshua Ben Levi, Yeshua Ben Levi said about this idea. Some people take out the girsayers. I see some girsayers take out ben benai, but we'll go with what the Gemara says. Anyone that teaches his grandson Torah, it might just be your son, but the Torah considers it as if you received it from Harsinai. Shanemar, as it says, it says, You shall teach your children and your grandchildren. And then the Pasuk soon after says, of the day that you stood in front of Hashem your God at Har Sinai. So you see the greatness of teaching your children or your grandchildren Torah is, it's as if you're receiving it from Sinai. Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, Ashkechel, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Deshadi Disna Areshe. So Rabbi Chiyabar Abba found the great Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi who had thrown some sort of a insignificant cloth on his head that was not befitting of an Adam Chashuv like Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Vekamamti Leili Yenukulabe Kenishta. And he was taking his child or his grandchild to the Beis HaKnesses to learn Torah. So Amar Leis, Rabbi Chiyabar Oven said to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, My Kulehai, why are you in such a rush that you couldn't even put on a proper head covering like you usually would? So Amar Lezer, Rabbi Shubin Lebe responded, Is it insignificant when the Torah tells us you shall teach your children, your grandchildren Torah? And afterwards it talks about receiving the Torah, teaching us that it's as if you receive the Torah from Sinai when you teach your sons and your grandchildren Torah. I'm in a rush to get my son to learn Torah, my grandchild to learn Torah. And therefore I didn't even take time to put on a proper head covering. So from this story in honor of Chiyabar Abba, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba also, He also wouldn't eat umtza, Rashi says, was the meat that they used to eat in the morning that was roasted on coals. He wouldn't eat breakfast until he made sure that his son or his grandson, again, meaning till his children, would review the Gemara or the learning they had done the day before, umosve, and they also added on to that learning. He would make sure that the learning for his descendants would occur first, and only then he would eat his breakfast. Rabba Bar Similar idea is that Rabbi Barav Huna also wouldn't taste the breakfast until he brought his uh, child or his grandchild to the Beis HaMedrish. Okay, let's move on in this topic. Amr of Safra Mishim of Yeshua ben Hanania. So Safra said in the name of Yeshua ben Hanania. What does it mean when the Pasuk says, So now, really Rashi learns, the Pasuk could have said, You shall teach your children. It could have said, there's an extra nun. So why does it say vishinantam levonecha? So shnisem or sheni would mean two. So from the nun, we imply that there's an em emphasis of three. Altekri vishinantam. Don't read it as if it's two times. Ela vishilashtem. Rather, it means to say there should be a split of three. La'aylam yeshalish adam shnaisev. And this teaches us that a person should divide up his years into three. Shlish be mikra, shlish be mishnah, shlish be talmud. A third of them dedicated to learning chumish. 
a third dedicated to learning Tarsha Baal Pev, the Mishnayis, meaning the Halachas as they are, and a third, which is the analysis of those Mishnayis, understanding where the principles come from. Okay. Mi'aydeh, says the Gemara, but how could that be? Mi'aydeh kamachayah, does a person know how long he's going to live? Means if it means based on the years that you live, well, you don't know how long you're going to live, so how can you split it up that way? And says the Gemara, it means in terms of your days, days of the week, is that the days of the week should be split up, a third dealing with Mikra, a third dealing with Mishnah, and a third studying Talmud. Now the Gemara moves on to a new, this is the Rashi learns, this is not a continuum of the last point, but it's a new point regarding the original people the Rishonim, as we'll see, who were very medactic and exacting and were proficient in their knowledge of the exactness of the psukim, of the letters. Let's see. Lafikach Nikra Rishonim Sofrim. The original people were called Sofrim. Rashi says, we see in Divri Ayamim, there was a Mishpacha Sofrim Yoshve Yavetz. They were called Sofrim. Now, Sofrim could mean uh, scholars, but it could also be from the language of Lispor, is to count. Shahayu Sofrim Kola Os Yeshevat Torah. They counted all the letters in the Torah, Shahayu Omrim, and they used to say, Vav de Gachain, the Vav in the Pasuk in, in Shmini that says Gachon, it says the word Gachon, Chetzin Shal Os Yeshal Sefer Torah. It's halfway the letters of the Sefer Torah. Darosh Darash Chetzin Shal Tevos. Now also in Shmini it says Darosh Darash in the Pasuk, that's half of the words of the Sefer Torah. And Vehiskaleach, the Pasuk says, in Parshas Tazria, Vehiskalach, excuse me, Shal Psukim, it's halfway of the Psukim of the Sefer Torah. That's how exacting they were. They knew to point out exactly where it was halfway through in terms of the letters, the words, and the Psukim. Now, similarly in Tehillim, Yichar Semena Chazir Miyar, the Pasuk that says, this, this Pasuk in Tehillim, they used to say, Ayin Diyar, Chetzin Shal Tehillim. The Ayin in the word Yar is halfway through the it's halfway through Tehillim. Vehurachum yichaper avoin, and similarly in Tehillim, when it says Vehurachum that pasuk, chetiv de psukim, that's halfway through the psukim. Now, Boy Rav Yosef was wondering about this, these ideas that we said before that they knew exactly. Vav de gachin mehaygisa mehaygisa is the vav when we said vav of gachin is halfway through the letters of the Sefer Torah. Is it on this side or is it on that side? Meaning to say, is the vav considered the first half of the Torah or the second half of the Torah? So Amrleis, Amrleis. So the people there said to Rav Yosef. Some change the gears here to Amrle Abaye, Abaye's student. Nezi Sefer Torah va'amninu. Why don't we just bring a Sefer Torah and count? We could figure it out. Mila Yomarava Barbarchana leizazim yishamat sheiviu Sefer Torah manom. Didn't route. There wasn't there a story that Barbarchana said that they didn't leave there um, until they brought a Sefer Torah and they counted it. And Rashi says over here, he doesn't. He doesn't know exactly where this is referencing, but the point that. Abaye or the other people were saying to Rav Yosef was, why don't we just count and figure out is, is the Vav of Gachin in the earlier half or the second half of the Torah? So Amar Lei, so Rav Yosef said back to Abaye or the other people, Inu They were exacting in terms of the words that are lacking and have additional letters. Anan Inan, but we're not such a, so proficient in that, and therefore our count wouldn't be accurate. Now, Boyer of Yosef, a similar question. When we said, is the 
middle uh, pasuk of the Torah, is it the first part of the Torah or the second part of the Torah? Again, Abayah said, but psukim we should have an exact count of. So why can't we just count the psukim in the Torah? So the Torah says, Rav Yosef says back, we're not proficient in that either in terms of the breakdown of the psukim because they actually divided up a pasuk that we read in Bavel as one into three in Eretz Yisrael. So you see the breakup also is somewhat debated and therefore we can't be exact in terms of counting it either ourselves and that's where Yosef leaves off unclear with these two shilas. Tan Rabban and says the Brisa, there are 5,888 psukim in the Sefer Torah. Yes, there are love to Tehillim has eight more psukim, and has eight less than a Sefer Torah in its book. Tan Rabbanan continues the Gemara on this note about Torah. It says, Vishinantem. Now, Vishinantem. As we explained above, it could refer to splitting into three, but we're explaining it now. It's a lesson of sharpness, like shinun. should be sharp in your mouth. If somebody asks you something in Torah, don't stutter, don't stumble and tell him. Meaning you shouldn't be... You shouldn't be delaying in your answers. You should be able to speak clearly because you should have such a clarity in terms of your studies. Rather, tell him immediately. And the Gemara is going to bring a series of psukim now showing that when you study Torah and when you teach your students Torah, it should come very sharp and clear so you can respond with a clarity without stumbling. Pasuk number one. The Pasuk tells us in Mishle. It says, Tell wisdom you are my sister. So Rashi gives two pshatim. The first pshat he says is, just as you know that your sister is prohibited to you, there's no question about that, also you should have a clarity in the Chachma, in Torah. The Omer, and furthermore it says, Write the Torah on your fingers, write it on the Luach Libecha, on the plate of your heart, meaning it should be carved into you with such a clarity. And furthermore, the Pasuk says, Like the arrows in the hand of the mighty one, of the soldier, so too are the sons of the youth. Sons refers to Talmidim. As the Pasuk says, The arrows of the mighty, the warrior, are sharp. And it says, It says, Arrows are sharpened. Nations under you, they will fall. And another Pasuk says, Fortune is the person that fills his quiver, where you keep the arrows with them. He will not be embarrassed when enemies speak at the gate or overpowers enemies at the gate. Now, the point of those last Pesukim is to imply not only is it in regards to yourself, but also referring to the students, they have to be sharp, sharpened arrows, meaning that you're teaching them in a way that is with such a clarity so that they can also respond with a clarity when asked a question. Now, the Gemara just wonders, this last Pasuk we quoted, it says, It says, the enemies speak at the gates. What is that referring to? Even if you have a father's son, Rebbe and student, they're, they're learning Torah in one base medrash. They become oivim because one's bringing a kasha, one's bringing a raya, and they're arguing with each other. They're like enemies. But they don't leave there until they become the biggest friends and lovers of each other. As the Pasuk says, Now this is taken out of context, but the way we're explaining it is it says over there in the Pasuk that there, these are the these are the 
Sefer Melchamas Hashem, the book of the uh, wars of Hashem, and it says as Voy Besufa, the way we're understanding it is Atakri Besufa Ela Besaifa. So the full Pasuk would read that when you're studying Torah Besefer and there's Melchama, there's Melcham Teshal Torah in the end, as there will be Ahava love Besofa, even though initially there's this Melcham Teshal Torah, it brings love at the end because that's the natural progression of Torah study. Let's move on to the second point now of the day, which is regarding the Yetzir Hara. Pasuk says, you shall place them, the words of Tzaira. And we derive like this. The Pasuk Vesamtem can be broken up as an acronym. Samtam, it is a complete elixir. It's like a life-giving potion. It's a parable to a person that gave his son a great injury. And he put a, a makasa, and he put a bandage over that injury. And he said to his son, If you keep this bandage on your injury, you can eat what you want and drink what you want. You don't have to be worried that certain foods would be detrimental to it, even though they might be in general. And you can wash yourself in warm or cold water. You have nothing to be worried about. However, if you remove the bandage, it'll become, as Rashi seems to learn, it become full of boils, it might be gangrene, it'll become infected. It's going to cause you problems. So it's what said to the Jewish people, Bini, my son, Barasi Bana, my children, Barasi Tavlin. I created the Makagidal, which is the Yetzirhara that tries to seduce you to do sin, but I created the Torah as the solution for it. If you're involved in Torah, you're not given over to the hands of the Yetzirhara. Shanemar, as it says, Hashem talks to Kayan, and the Pasuk tells us, If you do good, you're involved in Torah, you'll be elevated above the Yetzirhara. But if not, you'll be given into the hands of the Yetzirhara. Shanemar, as he says to Kayan, at the entrance sin of sin he crouches, meaning he's trying to get you to sin, and then he's, you're going to fall into his hands. If you're not learning Torah, you're not going to be protected by by it from from the Yitzhahara. The light and only that El Shekol Masayomatanibach is that the Yitzhahara is constantly busy, focused on you. All of his business is on you to get you to sin. And as it says, Be'elecha Teshuka Sai. You are its desire. V'imata. Right, and if you want you could rule over the Yitzhahara, you could rule over him. Tanrabban and another brace about the Yitzhahara Kasha, Yitzhahara Shafil Yitzhahara Karai Ra, that even Akadosh Baruch Hu, it's so bad that even Akadosh Baruch Hu calls it bad. Shinemar, as it says, Ki Yitzhahara Leva Adam Ramina Urav, the Yitzhahara of a person is evil from its inception, from its youth. Amrav Yitzhak, that's some of the Yitzhahara. Amrav Yitzhak, Yitzhahara Shal Adam is Chadish Shalab Chal Yaim. A person's Yitzhahara is constantly renewing itself, renewing its efforts to get. Get man to sin. Shinamar, as the Pasuk says, Rak Rakalayim, an extra Pasuk it says, he is evil all day. And the way we understand it is every day it's renewing its efforts to get man to sin. The Yitzhah person is over, trying to overpower him every day and wants to kill the person. The Russia gazes at the Tzadik, awaits the Tzadik, and wants to kill him. If not that Hashem assisted us, a person wouldn't be able to overcome Yitzhah. As it says, Hashem won't forsake the person in the hands of the Yitzhah. If this disgusting thing bumps into you, meaning it's trying to get you to sin, the Yitzhahara, drag him into the base medrash. And if the Yitzhahara is like stone, it will be, it will melt. And if it's like iron, it will 
it will bubble. It will, uh, it, it get uh, destroyed. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, My words are like fire, says Hashem. And like a, a, a hammer smashes a rock. If the Torah, if the Yitzhahara is like an Evan, so then the Torah will cause it, cause it to melt. Shenemar, as it says, uh, All thirsty people should go to the water. And furthermore, the Pasuk says, It is a stone that has been pierced or penetrated by water, so whatever type of Yetzirah a person has, it can be overcome and destroyed through the means of Torah study. Okay, let's move on to the third section now, which are the last few responsibilities a father has towards his son. So we said in that b'risa above, is to marry off his son. And how do we know this? Because the Pasuk in tells us, Take wives and bear, and they will bear sons and daughters. Take for your sons' wives, and give your daughters to men that they should be married. So the says, okay, clearly you can attempt to marry your sons off to daughters by finding women that your sons could marry. But regarding the daughter, how can you find suitors for your daughter? It means the men take the woman. That's the natural order of events. So what's the Pasuk and Yermia saying about that? What the Navi is saying is, give the daughter things that make her attractive, clothing and properties. So the people want to jump on her to marry her, meaning it makes her more desirable in the Shidduch market. Now we said in the Brides, the Umnus, the Tanakama says, that uh, the fifth responsibility is to teach the son a trade. Manal, and how do we know this? Amar Chizki Amar Kra, the Pasuk, Amar Kra, the Pasuk in Kohela says, Re'e chayim im isha, asher hafta, you should see with life, when, the way we're understanding it means livelihood, with the woman that you love. So now we're going to compare chayim to isha. Im isha mamishi, if isha refers to actually like marrying off your your marrying a woman, so then we'll say like this, Kishem Shechayev Lasiya Isha, we'll make the Hekish, just as a person is is um, responsible to marry off his son, Kachayev Lamda Umna, so to Chayim, you're responsible to teach him a livelihood. Im and if Isha, which is a reference to Taira, that Isha, like Isha Shechayel, we say also is a reference to Taira, so maybe that's what it's referring to, the same idea, Kishem Shechayev Lamda Taira, Kachayev just as you're responsible to teach him Torah, also Chayim, in the sense that you're Chayim to also teach him a livelihood. Now the Brisa said that it also, some say, there's a responsibility to teach him how to swim. My time, what's the reason? Because it's just for his self-preservation, and therefore, in order that he could swim to protect himself, he has to be learned, taught, taught to swim. Now, Rabbi Yudai, Rabbi Yudai in the Brisa said, If you don't teach your son a trade, you teach him a robbery. Says the Gemara, does it really mean robbery? You didn't teach him anything. It's as if you taught him robbery, because he's not going to have any way of supporting himself legally, so he'll go do things illegal in order to be able to support himself. So what's the difference between Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda? The Gemara says the difference between them is the Agmare Iska. You taught him how to trade, let's say business, to trade merchandise. According to Tanakama, great, you gave him something to do. He could support himself. He's not going to resort to other issue, to other situations. And uh, you've done your job as a father. According to Rabbi Yehuda, though, if you've only taught him how to trade, let's say business, merchandise, the problem is if he doesn't have merchandise, he'll resort to listos. So it would appear then that Rabbi Yehuda would hold you actually need to teach a profession or really a, a significant skill that he can utilize even when there's no merchandise to be sold, otherwise it would be Milam de Listus. Let's move on to the fourth section and the 
contrast to the first part of the Mishnah. So before we discuss kol mitzvahs haben ala'av, which we understood meant the responsibilities of the father to do for the son. And we said men are responsible, women are not, because mother's not responsible in those things. Now we say the contrast. Kol mitzvahs ha'av ala ben, the mitzvahs of a father on the son v'chulei. And we said both men and women are responsible. So my kol mitzvahs ha'av ala ben, what is that referring to? Ilema, if it's like the reisha of the Mishnah, we said kol mitzvahs ha'demechayev ava l'miebed l'brei, the things that a father has to do for his son. Na'ashem chayavos, are women responsible? I mean, does a mother have to do it for her sons? V'hatanya, but the Bryce taught us above. Ha'av chayev v'fnai only a father was responsible to give bris mila, to do pidgin aben, to marry a moth, etc. Aviv in imaloi. The mother's not. Amravida says no. What the, what the Mishnah means to say in the contrast here is kol mitzvah sa'av hamutelis alaben la'asais la'aviv. The things that a child has to do for his father. There, echaranashim echaranashim chayavin. Both sons and daughters are responsible to do. And what is that referring to? Mitzvah kibud moira avaim, honor awe, etc. And we'll discuss that now. Tanino lahad tanar rabbanu, we have a bride that supports this. The Pasuk says, ish imay v'aviv tiro. It says ish. So, ainli ala ish, I'd only know that a man is responsible to honor, to have awe of his parents. Moira, isha minayin. How do we know a daughter is also responsible? Keshuay martira u. It says, they shall fear. It's plural. Harei kanshnai. It means also a daughter is responsible in moira of her parents. If so, why does it say the word ish? Ish because a man always has the ability to be mekayim the mitzvah of moira even when he's married. But a woman is not always able to, a daughter, because at certain points if she's married, there is a ownership of others or domain of others over her, it means she has to serve her husband, only then could she serve her parents. That's why it emphasizes ish and not isha. Taishas over here just points out, even though Maiseyadah go to her husband, it's only Midrabana, nonetheless, she's not constantly around her father, versus a son, perhaps, could be around his father more, so the mitzvah of Moira would be more binding on him. If parents got divorced, so then, the Allah would be that, uh, if someone got divorced, name Shavin. Meaning to say is that if a woman is divorced, so then both her and her brother have equal responsibility in Moira in awe of the parents because now there's no Rishos HaCheres there She's not married anymore. Tan Rabbanan continues the Gemara to understand the extent of Kibbut Ava'im and Moira. Let's see how important it is. The Pasuk says regarding honor. It says, honor your father and mother. And the Pasuk says regarding honor of Hashem. Honor Hashem from your wealth. It compares the honor of a father and mother to that of Hashem. Similarly, the Pasuk says that you should have awe of your father and mother. And it also says, It also compares father and mother in terms of Moira to that of Hashem. It says if you curse your parents, you have to be put to death in Emmer. And the Pasuk also says, It says anybody who curses Hashem, he will bear his sin. Again, it equates cursing parents to that of cursing Hashem. Now the Gemara just says regarding hitting, Obviously, that exists with parents, but it does not exist by the Isser of hitting Hashem because Hashem is not physical, can't hit him physically. But Vechein Bedin, it's also logical that there should be a comparison between parents and Hashem in these three mitzvos, because these three people, or three, three individuals, Hashem, 
and the father and mother are partners in the development of man. As the Brisa says, there are three partners in the creation of man. Father and mother. As she says from the Gemara Nida, that uh, the mother gives the, sorry, the father is Mazria Loiven. The father provides the white that is part of man. Uh, the mother provides the red, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Noifach by Neshama, Marei Ayin, Mishmias Oizen Bedibur. Shem provides the Neshama, the ability to see and hear and speak, etc. So they're all three important uh, partners in the creation of man. And based on this, the fact that there's this comparison and partnership, Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "Bizman she'adam mechabed es Avi ve'es Imay." When a person honors his father and mother. Hashem says, he says, I considered as if I lived amongst you and you honored me. It was revealed in front of Hashem that a child, a son, would honor his mother more than he would honor his father naturally. Because literally means she seduces him with words, but she comforts him with words. The maternal instinct, she comforts him with words, which maybe a father's more rough exterior wouldn't do. Therefore, therefore, in terms of the mitzvah of kibud, it says um, in the Pasuk, Hashem put the father first, that there should be an equivalency, even though your natural inclination would be to be mechabed your mother more. And similarly, that a, a child would have more of an awe of his father than that of his mother, because the father taught him Torah. And apparently through teaching Torah creates an awe and Moira. Therefore, in terms of the mitzvah of Yira, of Moira, Kadosh Baruch said, Ish First, the mother was put before the father. There should still be an equivalency, even though the father, the Moira towards him, would be more significant naturally. Let's finish up. In the contrast, what we said before, if Chas V'Shalom, a person pains his father and mother, it's better that I did not live amongst them. Because had I lived amongst them, you would have caused me suffering. We're stopping here. But as Hashem will continue on talking about the respect for Hashem we have to have. We're stopping the top of Lamed Aleph, Amud Aleph, a couple lines down. But as Hashem will pick up tomorrow with Taf Lamed Aleph. Everybody have a wonderful day.